Not Just Football with Cam Hayward is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. I'm going to see if Bieber's on Cameo. I'm going to get him to send you a video <laughs> message. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Not Just Football. And we have a special, special guest. He's from Entourage. He's from Power. And I think he might have worked at Boston Market, if I'm right. <laughs> oh, you're right. That is correct. <laughs> we have Jerry Ferrara. Dude, thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate it. No, no. Happy to be here. Uh, it was really cool how this came about. Uh, yes. So I don't know if you've told, if you've said how this has come up, but... Uh, no, it, it, I haven't I, even I, said yet. Well... <laughs> If we start there real quick, you had okay. reached out on Twitter saying you can't like watch an entourage, which hits one of my fascinations as to like what you guys do in camp when you're not practicing. Like, I just yeah. want to know, like you guys playing cards, you playing video games, you watching shows. So I, I thought that was a really cool way. And then we put this together. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get into it. You know, like we have all this free time and usually we're just taking care of our bodies, uh, watching extra film and Hayden, you know, actually brought up, you need to watch Honorage. And I'm like, okay, like I finally have some time on my hand to actually watch it. And he's been bugging me for like the past five years to watch this even, (laughs) even more. So to finally get a time where we can actually watch was just unbelievable. And man, I caught myself watching what six or seven episodes a night. Uh, <laughs> and trying to make it through. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I started tweeting about it and, you know, you answered and I was like, oh, shoot, we might actually be able to get this guy on. And man, thank you for so much for coming on. No, no, it's, you know, you mentioned doing six or seven, you know, a lot of people I talk to now are obviously people who, if they're new to the show, they're obviously a lot younger than I am. So the whole binge watching thing is very easy. But yeah, back in the day, man, a lot of college kids who are now my age, when they were watching, you know, that 10, 15 people in their room and you had to wait till Sunday night. I think Game yeah. of Thrones was like the last show and maybe Succession was like the last two shows where people are willing to wait. Other than that, people just let them build up and they they rip through them. But Entourage was meant for binge watching, I think. They're 25 yes. minutes I think they were meant for you just to like power right through them. <laughs> like, do you miss, do you miss the old streaming or do you like, or do you miss the, you know, one episode a week or do you like the streaming purpose? I, I, I like the streaming binging method better. You know, the whole mm-hmm. reason why I became an actor was because I just loved movies and TV. It really, I, and I didn't know what department to get involved in. I could have easily been an editor and been just as happy or, you know, a grip. I just wanted to be involved. So I Mm. like being able to watch as much as I want, but there is something nice about the hype. I mean, it's kind of like football. (laughs) Football actually is the last thing that we all sit around waiting for to happen. So Mm. uh, I do miss that anticipation of like, for me, it was always like the Sopranos was my show. So waiting Mm. for that Sunday night Sopranos episode or even the wire Oh yeah. man, when it hits sun, there's no better feeling than it's like, okay, the show's on, we got our food, we're set up, let's go. You're just plugging HBO all the way. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll even work for them no more. I'm not plugging that. No, I'll even work for them no more. No, but I want to talk about, uh, you know, I, I've heard you on your pod uh, and you described your audition uh, for Turtle. What were some of the encouragement you got from Mark Wahlberg uh, in that initial audition? 
and it going so bad. Yeah. So, you know, that whole process, I, I do think like uh, there's nothing similar between actors and athletes when it comes to physical abilities, yeah. but in terms of, you know, making a team or getting a part and the kind of grind of the season, we also have a lot of downtime while shooting to watch stuff. Yeah. So there's similarities there. I probably auditioned for Entourage 35 times. You know, it was a wow. grueling process. They didn't really know what they were looking for initially because Wahlberg's from Boston. They were looking for a Boston crew, but our showrunner creators from New York. So that switched. And my biggest hurdle was they were worried I was going to, I was going to be too young. I looked young and I was only 23. Kevin Dillon played Johnny Drama at the time. I think when he got cast was 40. So they were like, how are these guys supposed to have been in high school? Kevin looks really young too. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I read a whole bunch of times and, it all leads up to like this last day of auditions in front of HBO in like a dark theater where you can't see anyone. And they're like designed not to laugh. They don't want to like, if you make them laugh, you really made them laugh because they don't want to show you anything. It's kind of like right. a coach trying not to tip the hand of what player they're leaning towards. So uh, I went in for my first run through and all in that waiting room, there's, there's the three guys up for turtle. There's the three guys up for Eric. You see your other competition. It's right there. So I come out, I thought I, I did all right. And I kind of like put my, 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 at the time it might've been a Walkman. I put my Walkman on when I'm <laughs> waiting for my next turn and Wahlberg comes out who I had not met at this point. I knew he was one of the producers, but I'd never met Mark Wahlberg and he kind of like motions for me. And I, I, I didn't know who he was talking to. So I, I, I find like me. So I walk over and he puts his arm around me. He's like, listen, I don't want to, you know, freak you out or anything, but I'm just want to tell you, I've seen all your tapes previous and you're good. But that right there that you just did, that wasn't like, you're fucking it up. Like, you know, that moment everyone tells you, this is your moment. This is your yeah. moment. So it was like a slap in the face. I just kind of woke up and then I got some laughs when I went back in. So, uh, luckily, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he snapped me out of like whatever nerves I had. Dude, that makes me think about like the combine, like when we see all of our competition and getting drafted and I can recall, uh, you know, you go to these like 15 minute meetings with teams and you go in there and you're trying to present like what you know on the board of, you know, what is a three, four or four, three. And I think I think I was with Denver or somebody and like I like tried to make a joke and nobody laughed. <laughs> and the then I dropped feeling. the marker behind the the whiteboard, so I'm trying to pick it up, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> this is terrible! Like, this is not going good." Uh, but then I go to like the Pittsburgh, um, you know, speech. I mean, the Sp Pittsburgh conference, and I'm like, "Oh, I feel comfortable. Oh, I feel ready to go." Like, I, it just. It's so weird how sometimes it doesn't click, but then sometimes it does. And yeah. man, I'm so thankful it worked out the way it did. And I'm sure you're thankful as well. Oh, very. But yeah, that process is must have been crazy for you. And for me over the years, like there's times I've walked out of those audition rooms being like that. Wow, I was terrible. And I got the part. And then there's other times I walked <laughs> out saying, I just killed that. Like I, in football terms, I just ran a 4-3-4. I'm making this team. And I got cut. And I didn't get the part. It's like, ah, so... I guess the moral of the story is just go do your thing as best as you can and don't even worry about it after that. Walk out the door. Okay, so Turtle, everybody knows who Turtle is. And, you know, it was funny you brought up the New York and Boston rivalry and your showrunner being from New York and Mark being from Boston. Like, 
how was it playing a guy from Queens when you're from Brooklyn? You know, only New Yorkers would really take, you know, have a problem with that, you know. Right. Most of the country is like, oh, you're from New York, Brooklyn, Queens, whatever. But yeah, in New York, I mean, Brooklyn and Queens, that that's that's like Venus and Mars. Couldn't be too, right. you know, growing up, <laughs> the only few times I went to Queens was the few Mets games I went to because I'm a Yankee fan. And I think I had like one cousin that lived over there. Uh, so, yeah, it was definitely strange, but no one ultimately cared like queens boulevard which is a big thing in entourage i don't even know like, there's a queens boulevard really i had no idea <laughs> up until the show as i have the poster sitting behind me over yeah. here so i think real hardcore new yorkers but now it's weird people come up to me like i'm from queens too i'm like that's great i'm from brooklyn i'm not actually from <laughs> queens so that's a character so i have fun with it, it, it it's cool but hardcore new yorkers really sweated that yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. What, what's your favorite turtle storyline and why? Oh, man. You know, it's funny because the joke always was, because I, I guess maybe I was the younger one of the group. I used to always talk to our showrunner, Doug Allen, who's also a big sports guy, too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when's like turtle? First of all, why is he called turtle? He's like, I actually don't know. He's like, I just, that's what I called the character. <laughs> all right. Well, what's turtle's real name? He's like, also, don't know. And he always used to say, like, season eight will will reveal your name. Because I just think he was buying himself time and also probably thought we'd never get to season eight. So <laughs> I kind of developed last. So I do love mm-hmm. all that kind of grown-up stuff where he you know, started a tequila company and it sold for – he ended up, at, in the end, the lazy hanger-on ended up becoming a self-made man with the help of Vincent Chase, of course. Right. So I love all that stuff. But some of the early years, I mean, the storylines were kind of crazy, but I even <laughs> liked the one where I was going to play in like a video game tournament and they told me that they, they drug test. So my character couldn't smoke weed for the whole time. And I was just <laughs> miserable and only to find out they were just joking. I mean, I went and got clean urine to go play in a, in a video game tournament. Uh, Oh. But also the sneaker episode stands out. Uh, sneaker episode is one, one of my favorites. Oh, I love that episode. Yeah. And that was a time Entourage did do a lot of things. Some things maybe don't age so well, but a lot of other things age really well. N- no one really mm-hmm. knew about shoe culture if you weren't in it. No one knew that people waited right. online like they do for the new Star Wars to come out for a mm-hmm. shoe drop. We really were the first show to actually show that on TV. And I, and I still got those shoes and I've been offered crazy amounts of money for them. And if I ever sell them, you know, some shit's going wrong in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I like that you brought up like the tequila deal. Cause I'm like, like, that's what I tweeted about to you. And I was like, how much did turtle actually make on that deal? And how much does he have left? <laughs> so, you know, I, you, you sent the, yeah, that started the conversation. I hit our showrunner and I think I hit Kevin Connolly, uh, on that. And I'm like, how much do we actually think? First of all, the thing we always ask is like, how much is Vince really worth? Cause if you look at his spending habits versus what we think he made thousand times about that, I say that yeah. every time I'm like, he bought everybody Maseratis, uh, the houses. I'm like, Vince made unlimited <laughs> money. And I know they go broke a few times, but like that always right. was in my head for sure. Yeah. And, uh, I think someone years ago on my old podcast, when I asked this question, did like his college thesis on Vincent Chase's financial profile, <laughs> like where he was and he's not doing well. 
but then I asked, like, you know, what did what did we think Turtle made? Mark Cuban was involved, and like, does he have more money than Vince? Let's start there. And they both said, mm. yes, he does. <laughs> what was it fifty million, hundred million? It was like he, it was more than a hundred million dollars. So right. if we ever did reboot Entourage, I guess the only natural storyline is Turtle like went broke in crypto or funded a video game team. Or that, like he he can't have that money in a reboot. He just can't. Or turtle or drama's got to be funding the whole group now. Like right. Vince has got to be broke. Uh, <laughs> man, I don't even know what Ari's doing. And then man, yeah, it, that's how it's got to be. You know, Vince and Vince and Ari have to be living off a of turtle and drama right now. Well, if you remember too, I don't know. Are you done with the show? By the way, you're done. done? The show. Yeah, like. We also did that whole episode where Ari was trying to buy a, a football, an NFL team. You know, we, yes. we really did try to do a lot of things that have aged well, pop culture wise. You know, mm. now you see the efforts of these groups trying to buy sports franchises. You know, that was yeah. amazing. Jerry Jones was in that episode. Yeah, you you had like who else did you had? You had Jerry Jones, Barry um, Alvarez, Barry Alvarez, Alvarez yeah. um, Dave Sean wants that Sean Merriman was in there. Oh my God. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what franchise. I, I don't even know if we mentioned, maybe he was trying to bring it. He was trying to bring a team to LA before the Rams mm-hmm. and yeah. the chargers came <laughs> back to LA. So, so like I've, I've heard you say before, like Tom Brady was probably your most, you know, favorite uh, athlete on. And I know that probably kills you to even say, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but in a weird way, Giants fans, we got no beef really with the Patriots and Brady. We're actually one of the few franchises that are kind of like, yeah, like they, they were amazing. Best franchise, best dynasty, 20 years, amazing. But w- we got them twice, so we really can't complain. No, you can't complain at all. Who would you like to see on going, if they still had the show on? Like now, if the show is on, no. I mean, man, I really think we could have some fun with a Kevin Durant episode for sure. Oh. Uh, I think there could be some fun storylines because he's in New York now. And I think there could be some fun there. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm just man. thinking like no Turtle. Else too. I'm thinking Turtle talking to KD, talking about, bro, you got to leave Brooklyn. You got to get out of here. And then pitching him on the Knicks. <laughs> Just playing yourself you know, at that point, though, Jerry. You're just playing yourself at that point, pitching into the Knicks. I might be prisoner of the moment, but you know, and this will—I don't know when this airs. But watching Serena Williams last night, that's always someone too. I thought would have been so mm. good to come on the show. Uh, she got somehow got locked into like a tennis battle with Johnny Drama or something. That would be hilarious, <laughs> you know. Uh, so many, that, yeah. Like that's what always did it for me. I, I always loved when we had the actors come on. It was always cool. Mm. People I respected always maybe wanted to meet or do stuff with. But for me, having the athletes come on, and we've had a lot of them over the years, was always cool because I'm just such a big sports fan. So that always yeah. for me. But we'd have days where, okay, in the morning we're shooting a scene with Kanye. And then in the late afternoon, we got LeBron and Matt Damon coming in. It's like, that's an interesting day of work. <laughs> you know? Yeah, trying to organize that all has got to be crazy. I don't wish that on anybody. Crazy. Lions, Tigers, and tailgates. Oh, my. The college football season is always a great time of the year. Besides the jerseys, face paint, and foam fingers, there's the food. And nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckridge smoked sausage. They are naturally hard-smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. From buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, Eckridge Smoked Sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to your tailgate meals. 
Visit Eckridge.com for easy, one-of-a-kind recipes. Eckridge, you do you. Football season is here, and nothing beats your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great NFL ticket prices, they are also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See VividSeats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. Okay, so switching gears, I know we talked about Entourage, and then you went on to do Power. How did that work, getting the opportunity to work with 50 Cent? So 50 also had a cameo on Entourage, mm-hmm. and it's actually him and I. That's a meme that I see all day long where he kind of laughs at me as he drives away. I think he was <laughs> in his own Phantom. I think he he actually – cool 50 story too so that initially was gonna was written for kobe to do that cameo to pull up mm. next to me while i'm driving the ferrari and i think kobe was in season so you ain't f-ing with kobe when he's in season <laughs> not at and all then but 50 we were always gonna do something with 50 so you know sent him the pages and he's like that's great what kind of car i don't think we picked out the car he was in so he shipped his own car from, I guess, New York to L.A. Oh to be in that scene. So that scene where 50 drives up, that's his car that he shipped Damn. out to L.A. for that cameo. Dude does not play around. <laughs> so I had met him a bunch of times before, but uh, it really was the, the showrunner creator of Power, Courtney Kemp. I had a, a meeting with her before Power even started where it was just a pilot they were going to shoot. And I remember reading that pilot like, man, this is, this is going to be a great show. I don't At the time, I didn't mm. know much about stars as a network, but I... I just knew right. a good pilot when I saw one. We talked about doing something then. She's a big Giants fan as well. And it didn't quite work out with the schedules and all that. But she said, listen, I'm going to write something for you. And mm. when, I, when I come back with something, just promise me you'll do it. I'm like, yeah, sure. Because I've heard this a million times in my career. <laughs> so I'll wait for the phone to ring. Sure. Thinking that she'll forget. They all forget. Yeah. And sure enough, a year later, she's like, I did it. I got the part. And you got to trust me. Like It starts off real small. But it's building. She told me stuff about pr- the Proctor character that she mm. was going to do in like season five, which was four years from that time that she did. Like it was laid mm. out. So I just trusted her. And, you know, I do know like maybe a lot of guys in my situation wouldn't have done it because like it wasn't a lot of money back then. Not that it's all about the money because it's not. And, you know, it wasn't a very big part. So. Mm. You know, coming off Entourage, maybe some would think like, oh, and I was getting bigger TV offers, but I just, I liked the material and I liked her and, you know, the cast came together and they're so talented. I'm like, there's a New York show. I'm wearing the suits. I'm I'm like, I'm playing like an adult, you know? So that's kind of how it started. And then it it developed. Yeah. That's got to be, I know it was completely the opposite of Entourage. Were you ever worried about like Turtle, you being typecast as a Turtle character? I mean, yes, definitely in the early years. And you got to remember, Cam and Hayden, like how this has all evolved, right? Back in the day, even before I started acting, like if you did TV, you did TV. You did not do movies. You almost weren't allowed to do movies. And likewise, if you did movies, the only way you did TV is if you went broke and probably needed a paycheck. That was it. The movie stars back then, like they they or tried to rebuild their careers. Yeah. Obviously, that's changed a great deal. And it was starting to change even early on in my career. But for sure, there was, you know, no one knew my real name. 
15, 18 years ago when the show started. And I went in on a lot of, you know, roles. And if it wasn't like the stonery, funny, chubby guy, they were like, oh, no, we don't see it. He's, I don't think we, we don't think he could do it. So, and it definitely, but, you know, I always looked at it like typecasting is on the person. Like, mm. if I just wanted to relax and enjoy my entourage success and just chill and, and do nothing really and see what happens next, I think it would have stuck a little more. No, I was hell bent on showing people. That's kind of why I got in shape and changed a lot of stuff about my life to show people that I'm, I, I'm, I'm, there's more to me than that guy. Same thing in, in sports terms. Like, you know, you do one thing really well. Does that mean you can't do anything else pretty good? So mm -hmm. I really worked hard to get out of that. And now I'm typecast twice because there's some people <laughs> who only know me as turtle and then there's some people who only know Proctor and have no idea who Turtle is. They have no idea. They've never watched Entourage. They have no idea who Turtle, I, in, especially in New York and Brooklyn, like on one street, they'll be like, oh, there's Turtle. Oh my God. Hey, what's up guys? And then I cross over, I get a coffee, three bucks later. It's like, oh my God, it's Proctor. And they don't even know who they're talking about. Oh, it's wow. weird. I'm typecast twice. <laughs> you're, you're probably one of the only people who's able to do that. But Which disproves typecasting, yeah. right? Like then yes. it shouldn't happen yeah. again. Yes, Th that's that's insane. Like football players don't have to deal with that. Like obviously, yeah, I'm a three four in, but like how many people are saying, "Oh, you can only play that," and you can only do that. Um, usually, you can slide into a four three and play a three. But um, one more question on the power front. So yeah. we understand power has been successful. Uh, and there's a number of spinoffs. You got Ghost, you got Kanan, you got Tommy. What's your personal favorite? And do we ever get a Proctor prequel? Oh, man. All right. Uh, <laughs> if I had to pick a personal favorite, I lean slightly toward Ghost because I, I mm. really do think the Tariq character played by Michael Rainey, who, you know, got a lot of shit in the early years. I, like, not that, like, I mean, that character was designed for fans to be like, what is he doing? Like, making <laughs> Tariq made people mad, you know, and got a lot of, a lot of shade because he, that's the way it was written. So I really think he's turned, you know, he's a grown young man now. He's a hell of an actor. Mm -hmm. And I think he's doing a great job on that show. And now people are hooked on him in the same way they were with Ghost, with Omari's character. So I think right. I lean that one, but with, I do love Kanan because that's my era. That's my time period. Mm -hmm. You know, like early mm -hmm. 90s, that's that, you know, I was around the same age. So I love that for that, you know? That's awesome. Okay. So now we're going to get into something you really like sports, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, We've been talking a lot. Me and Hayden always have these conversations because his brother plays for the Angels, and so he likes to talk about Tani. And I've always been a Yankees fan, so I'm thinking Judge is going to win MVP. Who, who's got it? I mean, it's got to be Judge. Uh, if you want to talk, because, like, you know, we always talk about, look, look, Hayden, don't panic because I'm going to say some things. Let me real quick, Jerry. I got to stretch out. I got, I'm about to come at you now. Let's okay. go. Let's hear it. A couple of things to unpack. If you want to talk about who's the best player, like top to bottom, probably Otani, just based off of what he could do that we've never seen before, really, at this level. Mm. He's probably the best player. Who's the most valuable player to their team and in the league right now? You got to just look at the, the the one loss records. Like, where are the Yankees without Aaron Judge this year? I, they're mm. definitely not in the playoffs. That's for sure. 
<laughs> where are the Angels without Otani? Yeah, they're a lot worse, but they're they're not sniffing the playoffs. So it's really hard to have the MVP conversation. Ooh. I think Otani's the best player. He's definitely the best player, but Aaron yeah. Judge is the MVP, and it's not close. My argument is Trout's got multiple MVPs in years he did not get to the postseason. And baseball's such an individual sport. I don't think one player can dictate like to me, basketball is a great example of this. One player can go to a team and maybe change the whole the whole perception of that team. Baseball, there's nine other guys, eight other guys you need to do their part for Judge. And Judge is surrounded by a great team, too. Rizzo, Stanton, uh, Lemayhew, No one's Derek batting Hill. over 250. Well, that's, that's modern no one's day batting baseball, over 250. Jerry. That's modern baseball, Jerry. If you have an eight, over 800 OPS, you're still a good player now. We, we've gotten so... <sighs> minute in the details of baseball where batting average isn't important anymore. It's how much you get on base. And Rizzo is a great on base guy. Stanton hits all the homers. I mean, they're loaded. And I listen, Stanton. I hear the judge oh, stuff, gosh. but Otani's, Otani's two, only two hitters in the American league have more home runs. Only four pitchers have more strikeouts. It's like, we've never seen it before. He's the best player by far in the American league. But if you really break it down, even I, that trout stuff might be the reason why it's working against him. Like maybe people are saying, if you look back on it, yeah, he was clear of the field offensively to win MVP, but you could have said trout's the best player, but is he really the most valuable? Maybe that hurts mm-hmm. Otani. Cause that was his own teammate who maybe shouldn't have had all those MVPs. And yeah, I'm I'm just sorry. Judge is so far above everyone else offensively this year. I think he's clear by right. 11 home runs for the next, yeah. you know, it's, it's yes. really hard to say. I know the Yankees have fallen off in the last five weeks, but up until five weeks ago, we're on a record pacing win set. And he's, come on. I, I well, mean, actually, hey, you got you know. that. Just lost two or three to the Angels. How are you feeling about them heading into the playoffs? pissed me off that was so bad well no <laughs> losing the last two to oakland and then losing two or three out of yeah. three to the angels hurt um i even talked about this on my pod it's really resiliency that's going to be the thing and they did bounce back a little bit they got six games against tampa as the recording of this you know i don't know when this is airing Mm-hmm. I, I'm worried. I don't. I don't love what I see. And too many games have been won with walk-offs. And and in the playoffs, you can't play around in these close games, knowing like, oh, they're gonna, they're just gonna. Judge is not gonna get anything to hit in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Gonna, they may, you may see another walk with the bases loaded again. No joke. So he doesn't have a. You think he has a lot of support? I don't see it. I don't think there's a lot of support around him offensively. So I'm I'm very concerned. Speaking on New York. Will the Knicks ever be relevant again? <laughs> so I think the Knicks will always be relevant conversationally, right? I'm guessing right. you're talking about in the actual NBA. Yes. I, I do. I really do. I, I'm probably always too optimistic about the Knicks because I feel like it's so easy to be negative because there's been a lot mm. of negativity. I think that's the easy way out. Trying to find the things to actually be excited about to me is a good zag that wins while everyone's else is zigging with the negativity. I do. I mean, look, if you really look at how the organization is run now, as opposed mm. to years past, it's being run so well. We have an arsenal of draft picks now, whereas in the past we didn't have our own draft pick for three or four years going forward. Mm. We have one of the youngest teams in the NBA and say what you want. Maybe we don't have, you know, John Moran and all those kind of blue chip talent, but we have a lot of talent and we're going to have money because everyone's going to have money because the cap's going to go up. So we're two years removed from a four seed. I know that might've been a little smoke and mirrors. Tom Thibodeau definitely wears the little thin on players after a few years, but 
yeah, I, I think that we're going to get someone soon. We everything that's been designed with all the trade assets we have now, we're going to get a, a big time player. It's finally going to happen. I don't think we want to make the mistake. I think Mello was a mistake because we could have signed Mello in four months, and, and instead of that, we traded away every asset we had to just get yeah. him now. I don't think right. that the organizations run like that anymore. I think they know that uh, patience, and it sucks because no one in New York is patient, but uh, <laughs> it's working slowly. I do it think is. they'll be relevant again, Cam. We know what's been messed up over here, but last few years, trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. One championship in New York for the Knicks, I think is worth three anywhere else. Go anywhere else. Yeah. You win three rings. That is the equivalent of one championship at Madison Square Garden for these Knicks. And someone's going to do it. Might I think it'll be in my lifetime. Maybe not. Someone is going to take the chance and say, I'm bringing a chip to the New York Knicks. That is my focus for the rest of my career. Some all-star player is going to do that. It might be 20 years from now. So if KD brings it back home, how are you going to feel? You mean in Brooklyn? Yes. Like if he wins one for the Nets? Yes. I mean, I'm sure the 35 people in that parade will be very happy. I don't think they're going to have the police are going to have to worry about any flipped cars and things getting set on fire at that one. (laughs) All right. So we heard on Twitter that you were looking for a new college football team. And we both wanted to. I'm a big Ohio State guy. Hayden's a big Michigan guy. We wanted to plead our cases to you. To make sure you chose the right team. All right. Do you guys want any 10 seconds of context behind this before you make me your yes. case? Ready? Yes. Yes. Give us context. So, New York City, no college football teams to move for. <laughs> Rutgers wasn't good in the 90s. Sy- I'm closer to Ohio than Syracuse. Okay. Mm. Just so you know. And I'm in Cleveland right now because my wife is from Cleveland. My wife's from Ohio State too. fans. Okay. We got we to gotta talk off air because who knows? Yes. Maybe they know each other. Uh, right. So just take that context. And I will say I was in Detroit two weeks in a row just now playing golf at charity tournaments. So I got my first Detroit, Michigan experience. So the floor is yours, guys. Go ahead. You want, I'll, I'll, I'll let, you want me to start? No, I'll let you start. I'll it's let pretty you start. simple, Jerry. It's winged helmets, maize and blue. Ohio State hasn't beaten Michigan in over a thousand days. Don't care what they did the previous 15 years. Today, Jim Harbaugh's got that program on the right track. Biggest stadium in the country. I mean, come on, man. I saw you with Megatron the other day. You are a Detroit guy now, dude. It's Michigan. Ohio State hasn't beaten him in a thousand days. That's all I have to say. You done? You done? I had to throw <laughs> That's, all I, need to say. That's all I need to say. I'm good. Jerry, let's get this right. Ooh. You know you want one of these. I do. You know you want one of these. The scarlet, the gray, the winning. You know, this is what we do. We go to college playoffs. We've won. When was the last time Michigan won a national championship? Cam, when, when was the last time Michigan beat me? When was the last time Michigan beat me? Wait, wait, wait. You had your turn. When was the last time Michigan beat me? Never. So, you know, I'm, I'm just speaking from experience. You know, go with the winner. You know, it, it's, it's a good feeling to be on this side. We're reloaded. C.J. Stroud, he's a Heisman finalist. You know, I'm just – what do you want to do with Michigan? All right. couple things to unpack here. Number one, Hayden, uh, 
Are you starting week three at quarterback? Because I know you have two different quarterbacks starting week one and two. Listen, listen, uh, listen. That Harbaugh, that's, listen, that's such listen. a smooth move. I'm going to announce it like a week before. <laughs> that's a great move. So maybe, I don't know. Is it even odds? Like you get evens, I get odds. That's how they're going to determine the starting quarterback. Gary, you know how the transfer portal works. You've got to keep everybody happy now or someone's leaving. You can't lose the five-star quarterback. You've got to play everybody now. I think it's genius it, personally. It opinion. is genius. We just had Pat Ford on the pod and I asked him about that and he did break it down. He's like, that is literally to keep both quarterbacks happy. And it's actually kind of genius. So I was just poking in front of you, Cam, I'm in the Cleveland area. It is a very, there's a good chance. My kids, I have two kids. They're going to be Ohio state fans. There and I'm go. always going to root for them. Cause I call them my team in law, right? That's my, my, right. my wife's face. So but it would be a big WWE heel turn if I just started pulling from Michigan out of nowhere. Yes. Oh. There would be hell to pay in my house. Uh, oh. You guys made two good pitches. I mean, I got to lean Ohio State here, but no decisions are being yes. made today. No, none are being uh, made today. But that helmet, if you send me that helmet, you got me. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll send you a helmet. Uh, all right, people. We're brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odds boost, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal word to Caesar himself. You bet, you get with Caesar's rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesar's rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesar Sportsbook app, become a Caesar's rewards member today, and get more with every wager. Must be 21 or order to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Okay, so we talked shade and we talked about how, you know, you're a big fan of a lot of things. You got my old teammate, Le'Veon Bell, to come on your podcast. And I am hurt because I, I texted that dude and I couldn't get him to come on. I was hurt by that. Well, I actually... It's it, when we had him on too. I, 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 one of my first questions was motivated by our Twitter exchange because I asked him, yeah. you know, I basically told him, like, you know, because it was like three weeks ago, I'm like, you know, camp's kind of full swing, preseason's kicking off. Like, what are some of the things you used to do in camp to kill all the time? And he went straight for like Call of Duty video games, stuff like that. Yeah. So I kind of stole. Uh, you know, our interaction is one of my first questions, but I mean, I can't say I could like call him and get him on because you know him way better than me, but he's, leave him alone. He's preparing for a fight right now. He's fighting Adrian Peterson. 
It's going to be crazy. I had, well, I had zero in, not zero. I had 5% interest in that fight because I don't really, I want to watch boxers, right? I want to watch you. I want to watch people train, but Le'Veon sold the hell out of that fight to me. He really Mm. did. He's talking about walking out with AB and putting on a show and you know, like maybe I don't want to watch like the YouTube influencers fight, but now if you're talking about two elite athletes and Le'Veon's still only 30 so and Adrian Peterson is a freak of nature, I'm in. And that's the night before the first Sunday. You probably can't watch cams. You might need to be sleeping because that's going to be late at night. It's going to be 1230 East Coast time, but I'm going to watch it. I'm staying up for it. (laughs) I got got Le'Veon Bell in a, in a, in a decision. I don't think anyone gets knocked out. Oh man. I could, man, yeah, Le'Veon's got, Le'Veon's got endurance on his side, and and he's younger. That's that's what he's got going for him, so it's going to be interesting to see, though. Yeah, AP's, AP's, a, monster, AP's a monster, though. Oh, yeah, like, AP's that, a monster. That guy's a physical monster. Like, it, yeah, I shook his hand, and I think he broke, like, four metatarsals. So you have yeah, those in your all. fingers? I don't even know. He broke something in my hand <laughs> just from an ordinary handshake. A couple more questions. So explain to me this fan-controlled fantasy league that you're part of. Uh, yeah, look, that's something that has really started to kick off. But that's, look, it's definitely not the the football that you're used to and most people are used to watching. But that is pretty cool. The fans actually get to call some plays. And now it's mm-hmm. all kind of run through crypto and NFTs and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I get to be a part of the draft process. I love anything that makes me feel like I'm in the front office. That's what I've helped run mm. the Knicks uh, NBA 2K League team for five years. We actually <laughs> got a ring, Hayden. We got a ring. Congrats. A nice ring. It looks like a champion. Same ring the Warriors got. Oh. Uh, I like all that stuff that can make you actually feel like you're a, you're a GM or in a front office. I'm obsessed with front offices and the kind of behind the scenes of sports organizations and how they work. Cause it's more than just showing up in the war room for a draft. That's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. it, so are you it's, big it's pretty into cool. Madden? Are you big in the fr- franchise so, mode of Madden? Oh yeah. More so than that too. I used to really love, obviously like everyone NCAA was the best kind of mode because scouting yeah. and all like me and a good buddy of mine used to play for hours and hours, and we just wanted to get to the scouting and recruiting process. Yes. Yes. That's Hayden and his brother and me. We used to all play. He started like App State or somewhere and then work his way up to <laughs> work your way up, baby. That's how, you, that's how it works, man. You get like 10 guys in that, 10 guys or girls, and you just play, and it's it's that game's a blast, man. I cannot wait for it to come back next year. I used to love going after the athletes that didn't have a position. They were just athletes. And then you kind of could convert. (laughs) You could really kind of put, that was a genius thing that game did was yeah. Like that five-star who like, he could be a quarterback. He could be a receiver. He could be, you know, a a safety. What do you want him to be? So yeah. Mm. Wow. We're really nerd now. I love it. Uh, Yeah. You gotta check the throw power and throw accuracy on that. That's how you check the athlete. See, then you know who the quarterback, trust me, man. We could do this all day. We we're starting the season (laughs) next year. All right. We're doing it. I'm down. I'm in. Oh, that's going to be fun. So how do you think fantasy football in all these different leagues fit into like real football now? It's funny because I don't want to say I'm down on fantasy football because it's been such a big part of my life for like 30 years almost. I've been doing it since I was a little kid when we used to have to score it with a newspaper and a pencil and everybody would cheat and we didn't know how to keep score. Uh, I do think... 
I'm a little more interested in sort of, I don't want to say gambling because of, you know, the, I just want to win. I just feel like doing some of these fantasy drafts and I'm still in like three leagues and then like, you know, your season kind of goes out the window, especially with like the running backs, right? Cause so many mm. shared carry situation. It's just so hard to, and you got coaches like Belichick who love to like, I know he doesn't care deep down, but tortures fantasy players. Cause we're, you never <laughs> know what he's going to do. So I don't know. I still love fantasy. I'm always going to do it. I miss the camaraderie with, with, mm. you know, the people in your league. That used to be what I loved most was the live drafts and all that. And I, it was already trending toward just online drafts. And I guess COVID kind of might've put the finishing touches on the in-person draft. Some people get crazy with their bets of like what happens if you come in last place and people getting tattoos and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not oh. that committed to it, but <laughs> I don't know. I always thought like, and I don't know, I don't know how football, most football players look at fantasy. I know some do fantasy. Like I, I yeah. used to interview Maurice Jones drew and he had that famous thing where he took a knee uh, because you know, he just had to run the clock out. He had a walk in touchdown, and this is like 10, 15 years ago when he kneeled because it ended the game. But you know, he would have, and he actually like apologized to fantasy owners. I'm like, this might be getting out of control because you did the right thing. <laughs> Don't listen to the fantasy nerds. You 100% did the right thing by taking right. the ending the game and not scoring a meaningless touchdown. So I don't know. I still think it's it's great, and I do think football has at least the NFL maybe has kind of appreciated it because mm-hmm. you know it gives a lot of purpose to watching some games that maybe you wouldn't have typically watched so it's it's, it's interesting yeah. i don't know what's your do you have you ever been in fantasy leagues cam or anything like that or i've never been never been i, I i'm i don't know the first thing and like i'm afraid i'm gonna yeah. like draft a quarterback too early because like you know everybody's talking about running backs wide receivers but i'm treating it like madden where i'm like i gotta have my quarterback before i have anything else right can't play if you don't have your qb right exactly i'm a touchdown on fantasy but i play because you know because my friends are involved Mm. no the only reason i asked is because like you look at like fantasy football which has led to the fan controlled fantasy league because you know you're getting matchups you would never never thought you could and you get the nft space it's it's a cool thing what the future is taking off with football. It really is. You know, I think it's kind of full circle of what we came back to earlier in our conversation where, you know, I do think so many things are what makes the NFL amazing to watch as a fan perspective. But it, I, I really do think it is the fact that it's once a week. I mean, I know this Thursday and Monday night, but realistically mm-hmm. that Sunday is where everyone loses their money. By the fourth quarter of those one o'clock games – between fantasy and betting, people are losing their minds. The fourth quarter in the NFL for that early slot has gone crazy. Like it does, there's 28 point leads, but it's it's amazing. It's the bet. It's 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 theater. It really is theater. Is what we're watching. So mm. I do think it's the last of the appointment television that we have. Yeah, man, it's crazy. If we ever go to just we lose that and we're not live anymore and everything just becomes streams. I, I'm going to, I'm going to lose it at that point. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. That can't happen. That cannot happen. Yeah. That no, no. I would. Yeah, yeah. No way. No but way. You're right, Jerry, though, that three o'clock to four o'clock window on the red zone channel. If your team's not playing is like, it's, it's like uh, euphoria. I mean, it's, it's insane. What happens the final hour of that day of Sunday, every day of the first window, one o'clock games. It's insane. Well, yeah, I think it also saves a lot of fans who, you know, let's 
let's call it what it is. Giants haven't been super interesting the last three years, four years. So, you know, yeah, do I want to watch the fourth quarter of Giants and the, the Eagles? Sure. I mean, they're down 17. No, I kind of, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, let's go to Detroit. Goff has got them. They were down 28 at halftime. They're about to take the lead. I'm like, I'll watch that. I'm in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we got to talk some sports. I want to end with just a couple little questions. Funny, you know, just going to get a reaction and see okay. how you handle them. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. I hope I'm ready. So we read you're a, you've won competitions uh, that involve Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Are you more <laughs> Zach Morris, A.C. Slater, or Screech? Uh, Zach Morris. That's my okay. guy. Uh, I think it's because I had the biggest childhood crush on Tiffany Amber Thiessen who played Kelly Kapowski and that's who Zach, I mean, right. And that was the object of Zach's obsession and affection. (laughs) So I kind of was team Zach early on. I used to always upset me when Slater would kind of like win Kelly for that episode. I was like, that's, that's BS, man. No, Zach all the way. Okay. Yeah. I used to look at people with, you know, Slater hair and I'm like, yeah, you remind me too much of AC Slater. We can't be friends. So it's weird. It's like so me growing <laughs> up. It's like J- I found this correlation. It was like Mets, Jets, AC Slater fans. Those were the three <laughs> things. That's how it kind of worked. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Next question. On your podcast, I heard you got replaced by Justin Bieber in a celeb basketball game. Do we yes. need to organize a one-on-one game between you two to decide this once for all? Oh, man. Can't. You know, two, three years ago, I would have said yes. Since the kids, <laughs> I have a three and a one-year-old. Man, my basketball game's gone to <laughs> I would have said three years ago, yeah, bring it on. I school him. I've aged a lot in the last three years. But, yeah, I got benched for Bieber, man. And I get it. I totally get it. But he wasn't right. slated to be there is the thing. If yeah. he was already going to be there, I get you don't start me over him. You got to get eyeballs on the game. Go for it. He just yeah, showed up like it was a pickup him. game. You got to go to the other team and just set a pick on him and then just be like, yeah, I should have been starting this whole time. Or no, I got to ask like someone who's more your size, but like, yo, set a pick on him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he rolled up to the celeb game. In LA at the All Star game, like it was a pickup game. Like, hey, can I play? You, can, can I get next? Can I get some run? And he was inserted into the starting lineup. <sighs> Stole I my got thunder. Bieber beef too, though, because like just saying, he Cam, you got to go into your Bieber beef. You got to you got to tell him the story now. Let's hear it. Let me hear it. Oh hear man. It. Okay, so it's a story. So we're in New York, and you know we're getting ready for. We have chapel before all of our meetings, and I'm in there, and then Justin Bieber walks in, and I'm like. Oh, snap, that's Justin Bieber walking in our, our chapel. And so after I go to take a picture, not thinking anything of it, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I have a picture with Justin Bieber. Uh, we ended up losing to the Jets, and Ooh. that picture went wild, and now it's part of the Jets curse. Uh, and it's part of the the Bieber curse. And so I'm I'm hot. And then for Christmas, we have like this, we have like this crazy like family gift exchange with all of our cousins. And one of my cousins, I kid you not, bought me a t-shirt with me and Justin Bieber on it. I refuse to wear that t-shirt. Oh man. You are responding. I mean, yeah, you that's a lot of heat on you. 
yeah. know what I'm getting you for Christmas. I'm going to see if Bieber's on Cameo. I'm going to get him to send you a video <laughs> message. Please. Yeah. Although his Cameo is probably like five grand a pop. So uh, you might be yeah. safe. <laughs> Nobody's paying five grand for that. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Last man. question. Yeah, that's a, yours is worse than mine. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Yeah. Last question. I heard you love Home Alone and you can recite every line. Give me your favorite line. That's a good question. My favorite line. Uh, I mean, everyone loves keep the change, you filthy animal. But uh, that's an obvious one. China. That's the... That's the best line. Yeah, keep the change, you filthy animal. Is the best is the best line. Home Alone. I thought you were gonna go like Wet Bandits or something. Well, I think this Halloween, a a buddy and I, we might go as the Wet Bandits. Obviously, I'm short, so I'm gonna be the Pesci character, and he's a little (laughs) tall, so he could be. I think that's Marv. So, and my son kind of, I want to say he looks like Macaulay Culkin, but he has like the straight blonde hair. So I want to make him reenact. The this Christmas I'm going to make him reenact the scene with the like the aftershave where he screams and the the and go. we're going to do a shot for shot reenactment of that this Christmas. Okay, no, that sounds awesome. I look forward to that for Halloween. Make sure we uh get some good <laughs> pictures of that. But uh, no, Jerry, thank you so much for coming on, dude. This was this was really fun to do. Uh, make sure everybody knows about your show and what you're up to. Yeah, uh, I'm on the Unleashed. Uh, podcast for Bet MGM with Olivia Harlan Decker, who uh, is a lot smarter and more professional than I am, and much better at doing <laughs> interviews. But uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago we had Le'Veon Bell. Last week Pat Forty getting us ready for college football, and uh, I'd say it's like sports betting adjacent. Like we talk a lot of bets, but it's more, we're more just like entertaining and breaking it down, like like everybody else is, because we just you know love football mm. and love basketball and sports. So catch that, and then yeah, man, let's. I want to come back and promote. So I got some other stuff I'd love to talk to you guys about, but it's not quite ready yet. I'm hoping for my next okay. acting thing that's coming along real well. That might be next summer. And then I'm gonna have to come back on this pod and talk about it. Definitely. We'll definitely have you back on. Well, again, thank you so much, Jerry. Everybody look forward to the Unleashed podcast through MGM. Um, so thank you so much again. Uh, this is another episode of Not Just Football with me, your host, Cam Hayward. Thank you. and See you next time.